2: Welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host Shane Grove, and before we get started with this episode, I want to I want to give everybody a, a, another update on Jason, the super producer. Um, he's still in the hospital as of right now. He's getting a little bit better, but um, I've uh, I, we got a ton of messages and emails um, about Jason. You know, uh, some of our listeners wanting me to. Sp- Send messages to him. So, I've uh, sent him some stuff through his wife, uh, so he could uh, know that everybody's out there praying for him and thinking about him. And he appreciates it. And uh, you know, he's not—he's not by any, out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination. But he—he um, um, does—he does, he does uh, want to get back on the air. So we just want to get him healthy and feeling good again. So hopefully, those two things converge soon that him getting healthy and him coming back and hanging out so uh, everybody just keep keep saying a prayer for Jason and keep him in your thoughts I know he really appreciates it so so before I I bring our uh, guest on I just want to remind everybody that if you have an experience or a sighting or just something you want to want to talk to talk to me about you can find us on from the Shadows Podcast on Facebook. You can find us at after the Shadows at our forum page on Facebook. You can find me a Shane Grove author on Instagram or our from the Shadows uh, podcast Instagram page or the old-fashioned way. Find us at the on our website from the com. Hit the contact button, send me an email. I promise I'll get back to you. Um, I, I've been getting a lot of really cool emails about some experiences uh that people have been having so you know we're gonna have some cool guests on here uh soon from some of the most recent things and um i just want to remind you that we do have a patreon page if you want some extra content and then our regular episodes do get up early and commercial free on patreon too so uh check that out if you want to get some extra midweek howls and paranormal content um it would be awesome if you uh, if you want to become a patreon so uh tonight's guest uh is glenn now i said his name last name right to begin with and now i'm hoping i don't screw it up it's glenn <laughs> it's glenn barossa did i get that right
3: uh barassa close Barasa. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, did.
2: I knew i you, knew you I were just was. too nervous yeah yeah it was awesome man, i was really nervous um in, in Glenn's official title, so you know we're not messing around. He is the Northeast Regional Director of the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Project, and he comes highly recommended from um, one of the our, the podcast's good friends and former guest, Mary Fabian. Uh, so, if Mary tells me this is a guy we need to talk to, then I know. This is a guy we need to talk to. So so Glenn, let's let's get into it. Tell me, tell me and our get, our listeners why you're somebody we need to talk to.
3: Awesome. Thank you, Shane. Uh first I'd like to say, you know, best wishes to Jason and a speedy recovery, sending him good vibes and that. So thanks, that he, way, he,
2: but he will certainly appreciate that. He he, he will appreciate you bet. that.
3: And hopefully he listens to the podcast. You know, that's important. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he's laying in the hospital, so he better I don't know what else he's doing.
3: <laughs> right, right. So I I've, I've been investigating and been involved with Bigfoot since the mid-70s. Uh when I had my first experiences up in the White Mountains of Arizona. I had a couple of you know pretty pretty intense ones. Um I've also had a few, you know strong ufo uh sightings <laughs> i the the one i can tell you about um if you want me to go right into that and then we'll go yeah, back into the bigfoot things
2: yeah let's 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 right? hear about let's hear about that because like we kind of talked about before we went on air what's going on uh right now it's kind of um you know kind of like
3: came to the forefront un-
2: front a lot yeah yeah unidentified <laughs> flying object fever is going on you know so
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let me explain this part. Uh, We were on vacation up in Lake Tahoe with my parents and we had the three kids, my brother, my sister, and the three of us and my parents. We were visiting my grandparents that had a restaurant and a house right behind the restaurant. And this is in Lake Tahoe on the California side. Okay. So I was about three years old. My brother was five. And my sister was seven. Okay. So you know our age groups. That night they um, put us all three to bed in the same bed. Okay. And that's, you know, normal. So we're just giggling, talking, whatever. We're just about ready to doze off. And we hear this noise really loud noise in the backyard and it wasn't that loud but it was a strange type noise right so we all jump up the big window was right behind the bed so a big picture window and i'm the youngest and i remember putting my hands like right about where my chin is okay and i'm looking out the window and my brother's next to me and my sister's next to him and we're looking out the window and there's a spaceship about 35 feet out that's already landed in the backyard. And this is a disc-type shape from what I remember. I remember some lights, but I don't remember any windows per se. But I do remember the tripod-type legs, big cylinder-type legs, like maybe twice the size of a gallon jug cylinders um, long. And I think there was three, like a tripod. Uh, We didn't say anything. We We looked at it and stared for about 15, 20 seconds. And then jumped back in the bed and covered our heads with the covers. And it was, you know, being the youngest, I didn't know what to think, really. And the next day, I mean, we went to sleep right away. I don't remember anything. And then the next day, no one brought it up. We didn't ask our parents. They didn't mention anything to us. The next week, the next month, nothing, you know, nothing was in me. It wasn't in my mind. And then, like I say, a year or so later, I asked my brother about it, and he goes, "Yeah, I remember, you know." And you know, we started talking about it a little bit. And my sister remembered it, and then in our twenties and thirties, I brought it up again, and you know, definitely still remembered it. You know, the same, same exact sequence of what happened. Uh, do you have any questions?
2: <laughs> yeah, did you so? Now, you didn't mention it to your parents when you were young, but did you ever mention it as you got older?
3: Yeah, I did mention it to my mom because my dad had already, you know, had a different wife and different things. But I didn't, you know, think to mention it to him. But I just wonder that, you know, being that loud that my dad was in the Navy and, you know, he would have heard that, you know, it's like that's odd.
2: So your, mo- so your mom didn't remember anything happening?
3: No, no, no. She didn't remember anything of that. Wow. You know,
2: that's kind of, that's good. That's kind of, you know, but you wonder like, did she see something and and just put it out of her mind? Or, or you know, I mean, I don't know. That's weird. That's just crazy. That's crazy. Or but it were is. We
3: all, that... Were we all abducted and we don't know, you know, or. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and mind erased, except when the certain part that we remembered before they thought we were back sleeping maybe they didn't see us jump up and see them. You know, and then they just put the whole house to sleep and then they came in. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's something maybe in a regression, you could bring things up that you don't remember now or something. But that's another subject.
2: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. That's that's kind of. Yeah, that's I don't know. That would shake me. I don't know how I could. I wouldn't don't know that I'd be able to go back to sleep <laughs> at that age. You know, I don't, yeah.
3: That's I mean, kind of, like I say, it just scared me. I didn't know. And I saw my brother and sister just jump back in the bed and that, and all three of us at the same time, just covered up our heads with the blanket, you know, with the sheet and just, okay, just hide. You know, that was kind of our philosophy. We don't see it. We don't hear it. We don't, you know, I don't know why that's what we did.
2: Well, if nothing else, you live to tell about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then yes. um, and then here's what's crazy is with these things flying around, you, you know, you wonder like if this is just going way out in left field. But you wonder if these, you know, spaceships and aliens and, and extraterrestrial life comes and visit you once, even as a kid, like you got to be on the list. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, OK, let's find these. Let's find these people that we checked out when they were, you know, five, six, seven years old, you know, little kids. It's see how they've progressed or let's see if we, you know, if they did say they did abduct you or if they put something in you that so they could track you, you know, 50, 60 years. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all that stuff runs through my head. Of they got to come because you know, they're not abducting every single person. So you got to be special if they visit you right. or you, they abduct you. I would think, crap, I could well, be totally, I could be you, totally wrong that, about that. They might have abducted all of us.
3: Yeah, well, as you said that, I I have a a ganglion. The the surgeon told me on my left hand, right in like the mm, I know between the thumb and index finger. It's been removed surgically twice and has grown back or is back again.
2: Really? Like, yeah. w- what is their explanation for that?
3: <laughs> they don't know. You know, it's it's like a it's like a big fat rice piece of rice you know, like medium grain rice and it's hard, you know, and I can feel it, you know, it's very, just below the skin, you know, I've had other people showed them to him and feel, felt it and doesn't hurt. It doesn't bother me, but it was kind of weird. So I, you know, about 10, 15 years ago, I, maybe even 20 years ago, I, you know, had it removed, <laughs> you know, and he showed it to me. It didn't look like anything, but he says, well, we'll, you know, do a biopsy or whatever, you know, <laughs> And it came back, you know, it wasn't cancerous or anything. Okay. About a year later it all it grew back. It was there. <laughs> and then I had it surgically removed a second time. And same kind of thing. But now it's it's back again.
2: So this time when you have it removed, are you gonna have it
3: sent to a different kind of a different kind of <laughs> laboratory to have checked out? Yeah. Or- or like maybe they <laughs> will have a docu- Dr. Meldrum do it or something or somebody yeah. do it a little different. Yeah. Or like it. Keep, yeah.
2: keep it in a glass jar beside the bed and then, you know, make sure you keep an eye on it so that it doesn't end up back in your uh,
3: back in your hand. I mean, that's crazy. And that they don't. Or, know what are, they, or are they just coming in and putting a new one in? Oh, boy. I, I don't know. <laughs> They're like, we'll
2: show crazy. that. Guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll show that guy. We'll just keep putting it putting it back in. What's he think
3: he's doing? Oh man. But well, why would they put it in the same spot though? Too?
2: Don't, <laughs> but to to mess with you I mean to totally mess maybe. with maybe <laughs> because <laughs> because wouldn't that be wouldn't that be genius of them to play a psychological mind game with you by just saying, like we could stick that in the in the bottom of his right foot and he'd never notice. Let's put it
3: back in the same right. spot and see it just mess with him to, uh
4: yeah.
3: oh, gosh. Well, I think God has a sense of humor. So why wouldn't aliens, you know, or maybe it is God. Maybe it is just God playing with us. You know, I don't know. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. It might be God going like, okay, you think this is aliens? Well, I'll just show you. It's not. It's just, uh yeah.
3: you know,
2: <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. And we still haven't even talked about
3: Bigfoot. And that's, that's, no, no, that's too <laughs> You haven't got to the good part, yeah. Holy smokes. Okay. So, that was my first alien experience at a pretty young age, you know. And I don't remember anything growing up till I was probably in my early like 12, no, 13, 14 years old maybe. And this is up in Arizona, and I was just walking home one night and I see this big streak of blue light, just not a streak but flying through the air. You know, and this is up like in the stars region, you know, and then it does a ninety degree angle turn and keeps going at the same speed, you know, like at six hundred mile, million miles an hour, and then does a acute right turn and keeps flying off at the same speed, no change in speed. Which so is I knew that which you know impossible that effort. that well, definitely that back in the seventies, you know, yeah. there's there's nothing today that I know of that can do that, you know. <laughs> So I don't think back then anything but an alien technology could have done that. Wow,
2: that's yeah. Now how mm. how, how did you how did you feel seeing this stuff? Like, oh, did you feel special um, or did you feel like cursed?
3: No, no. I mean, and like with Bigfoot, I've I've forgiven them for the the scare and the terror that I went through. I've, it's important to me that I stress that because I don't want them to carry that burden of the fear that I experienced. Because I think they do. I think they feel more than we do.
4: Okay. So, yeah. That
2: may, yeah. I mean, I'm, I I can't argue with that totally either. Because especially you know with with what you with what anybody you know, and I don't entirely know what you feel that, that those creatures are, but like I could I could see. I think they're a little more spiritual than what people some people might think and i could see how they could uh, carry something like that with them you know as a spiritual yeah. oh. as a spiritual entity for sure yeah so let's so let's get so let's get into let's let's hear about your bigfoot stuff then because i'm sure okay. it's, i'm sure if it's better than having a piece of alien technology embedded in your the webbing of
3: your hand. <laughs> like, yeah, that's us. I'll have to send you a picture of that. You can post it on the web. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like, here's Glenn's hand. Yeah. All right. So all right. This is in the mid-70s. I think 75 when I was about 15 years old. Um I was walking a friend of mine's girlfriend home from a birthday party. And this is pretty late at night. So I'm walking her home and there's nobody on the road. We went cut through the high school and then we're going down this one particular road. And we passed this one house and the dogs at that house, you know, were pretty good sized dogs and they've came up and kind of attacked the, us before up by the fence, you know, but didn't bother us. Nobody, the dogs weren't out that night. So I kept going, dropped her off. We walked in. She went in through her window, and this is my friend's girlfriend, not mine, but (laughs) that's what you do late at night for kids. So I'm walking back home, and I'm coming down that same area in that same street, and those dogs started raising hell. I mean, they're just barking up a storm, vicious, something's going on, you know. So I'm like, oh, great. So I start crossing the street. I get about halfway across the street and halfway past the house. And the dogs just went silent, nothing. You couldn't hear of nothing. And I kept walking, and I'm like, this is weird. I get past the house, about maybe 25 feet past the house, and this roar started up in these trees to my left. And, Shane, this is the loudest thing I've ever heard in my life other than a concert. The, the sound of this roar was just pissed off, and it just, just, like, 20, 25 seconds, it continued. NonStop, I mean, just <laughs> just shaking the tree, the violent the it was so intense that I could feel the vibration going through my body, and I mean through it like an x-ray or like infrasound or whatever it was. There was just so much volume and girth coming from its voice, and I don't know if it was directed at me or toward the dogs or it was just you know, in general you know, upset. And obviously they didn't like the dogs. I don't know what, but those dogs, you know, didn't make a peek. And then it went silent and I kept walking. I had to go down this like 50 foot incline, you know, on a, on a road. So it's a gradual, you know, incline. And then it's like a plateau down there, like a field to my left and a few trees. But on the right, there's a lot of trees and cabins, summer cabins. And this is up in the mountains, about 8,000 foot. Up in the White Mountains in Arizona. So then I I'm walking along and I hear something to my left and it only sounds about 30 feet out. I hear like thum, thum. I hear something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, just keep walking, just keep walking. So now I know it's tracking me or trailing me. And then soon after I hear something on the right side. You know, not that soon, but maybe another 50 feet. I had to go about an eighth of a mile on that flat and then it goes up a gradual hill about 50 you know 50 yards up again or 50 feet up over like you know 100 yards maybe it goes up i keep hearing it to my right i get up to the main road and i turn left and i can still hear it to my right i, I can't hear or can't see it but it's i hear it behind this blue ridge drive in and then and there's a light between the buildings and then i hear it behind the post office over there And I can never see it, but I can hear it move in the gravel, like behind these buildings. And I'm walking, I got to go about another, maybe a half a mile to where we lived. I lived in a barn behind our restaurant and, and uh, my dad had a double wide trailer behind the restaurant. My sisters and mom and stepdad lived in there and I lived in the barn. We remodeled into a big apartment for myself. So I get in there, I shut the door, I lock it. I throw about 15 shells into my 22 rifle, and I'm like, okay, what do I do? Do I call the Forest Service, the Park Ranger, Game Warden? I don't know what to do. I'm like 15 years old. I never experienced any kind of creature like this. I mean, this thing was huge. Shane, when I tell you, you know, it, it, the sound was coming from like 35, 40 feet up in the tree. Okay, the volume was directed down from where it was, okay? In my so mind.
2: so you think it was up in the tree watching like watching you? like that i think
3: you... the, the dogs and it was high, you know getting away from the dogs or it was above them and they it just got tired and just said and the dogs just probably just shot out and ran back to the house tails into the ass i didn't do that i just walked uh, okay you know? <laughs> But the well, volume of that sound, in it could have been standing on the ground and being that big. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm following. This thing could have been 30 feet tall, in other words. From the volume it was putting out, an unbelievable amount to reverberate through my body. At thirty, forty feet away from the road, so
2: and so, it, and it followed you back to the. I mean, it kind of paced you out of the woods or wherever you're off that road, all the way back to where you made it back <laughs> yeah. to your house.
3: All the way down the main, down the main road. This is a highway down the main highway. It was on the other side of the post office, on the other side of this other part, and this is a little two lane back back then. It was just like a little back road almost between towns. It wasn't a big highway back then. It's mm-hmm. big, built bigger now, but but back then it was not. Um, so I didn't get any sleep. I wasn't going to wake up my dad, a Navy guy, at three, you know, two thirty in the morning or whatever time it was, with this, you know, you know he has bigger guns because he used to hunt grizzlies and other things, you know, in other states. But I still wasn't going to wake him up. So first light, I walked back out there by myself. <laughs> And it's like six in the morning or whatever, because I got no sleep at all or a little bit, if any. And I go back out there. I go right over to those trees first. And I walk out into those trees about 30 feet, 35 feet out. And I'm looking and I, I see this big tree and it's probably as big around as um, a yeah, pitch or something. Let's say is a big tire, say a 33-inch tire, you know, pretty good size round tire, that size tree. And at the bottom of that tree, halfway around the bottom, the base of it, All the pine needles are pushed away about five inches deep and about six or seven inches wide, like out from the edge of the tree. All the pine needles are pushed away, not dug away like a dog would do at all. Just like this perfect uniform, almost like a sweep of these pine needles away from the base of that pine tree.
2: Like something (laughs) something wanted to sit there or lay there or something? (laughs)
3: No, well, years later, or trying to figure out what that was, I think it was the creature coming down the tree,
2: like Ooh, okay. with its hands,
3: and then was reaching for the ground to see where it was, and was like sweeping its, you know, foot around. I got you. Yeah. Okay. You know, make maybe make sure there was no dog there. I, I don't know, but you know, something like that, or when it was maybe it was when it was going up the tree. You know, I, I don't know, but. But I definitely think it was up in the tree, you know, because I don't think it was 35 feet tall. You know, no, that's not only the volume of the voice, the roar sounded like that. that so,
2: so, so what, so what I'm getting from this then is, is it might have been up in that tree and those dogs didn't know it was up there until you and the girl came walking down the road, got the dogs all riled up and it, annoyed it so much that it just wanted the dogs to shut up and that's why we can making a noise is that is that kind
3: of is that kind of no sense no because no because no. no, when when peggy and i walked by the dogs weren't barking or making any noise or any ruckus
2: oh they weren't okay that's okay no. okay i thought when i
3: was on my way back goal. alone on my way back alone then they started they were raising hell. That's why I decided to cross the road. And I only got halfway across the road and like halfway past the house when the dogs went silent. Yeah. And so did every other creature in the whole area before and it was like at least 15, 20 seconds before the roar started. So they was silent. And
2: how did you have the uh, nerve to not just take off running? Because I mean th- that ha- how does that not I mean you had must well, have heard steel when,
3: you, when you've seen an alien ship thirty feet away I guess you got some balls <laughs> I guess
2: so I guess yeah. so but I mean but, you didn't really know what it was either so I guess
0: you no know,
3: well to take off you think that you think you think that's something you got a little more coming Shane trust me oh geez my oh. next next okay. couple experiences are even worse or stronger
2: so so, <laughs> so so you so you make it through this so did you so up to that point in that area was bigfoot a common topic or was that something you had never heard of or did you at that point even think it was a bigfoot and you or did you just not no. have any you didn't even think i
3: it had was? No, no i had no idea really of that what it might be really so That day, after I looked at the trees, right, I decided to go down that hill on the same path that it might have taken on that side of the road where I first heard something to the left, as you remember. So I'm going down the hill. I don't see anything. And I get down to the field. I'm walking in the field. I see this mound of grass, probably about 25 feet in length and about eight or nine inches or feet wide. This big, like one or two foot deep patch of grass that a farmer been dumping there or whatever, okay? So, and I'm looking and I see this footprint about 10 feet in. It's the right shape, right foot of this creature that stepped on this mound. And then about eight feet or nine feet past that are two footprints, the left and right. And you can see the shape. It's sunk down about eight inches deep. And it's a human-shaped foot, the right foot, and then both feet. I think that's what I heard to my left. It was moving through the field fast it sunk with one foot you know if you sink down eight inches what are you going to do i'm going to stop i'm going to you know so i land on two feet that's what this thing did i think and that's what i heard to my left so i now i know that these are like 15 and a half inch prints they're pretty wide (laughs) okay they're like seven or eight inches wide where the toes are and it's the right toe is farther than the left than the little toe is there's like you can see, you know, obviously nothing you can, you know, I didn't even think about casting, but that's in grass. You know, you can't get more of an impression than that. So I know this thing's big. <laughs> that's all I know. But I already knew that. So I see two trees up in the corner of the field up above the next hill. So I go up toward those two trees. And I'm walking closer. I'm about 30, 40 feet away. And I'm like, wait a minute. These are both pine trees. What's, what the hell? And, and the... The right tree on the side of the street area, the roadside, is perfectly straight, like 60 foot up, perfectly straight pine tree. The pine tree next to it goes up about seven, eight feet, turns to the right at a 90 degree angle, and then turns straight up at another 90 degree angle, and then turns to the left again, and then to the right again. So it's going up about three or four different times up this tree. A pine tree.
2: So, so something had bent the other pine tree, like next to another pine tree, like it had stair steps? Like like it looked like...
3: Sta- uh, I mean, not stair like, steps, but like turns.
2: Yeah. Like, bend, yeah, yeah. like <laughs>
3: about four or four, five feet, and then it would bend up. And then five or six feet up, and then it would bend to the other direction. So I look up there, and I see something had been clawing or digging sap. From the top of that bending bent tree the other tree that didn't look like anything was been digging on so this one like okay something's digging sap up there so i'm 15 years old i jump up there and i climb up there i get up toward the very top and i'm on the last branch chain that'll hold my weight and i'm about 110 pounds then <laughs> okay <laughs> you know 15 year old kid you know <laughs> And this branch is probably an inch and a half around, maybe, that I'm standing on. And it's the last one that I think that I that'll hold me. And I can't I'm about three feet away from where the something has been digging that sack. So it had to be standing where I was and being able to reach three, three Holy and a half boy. feet. Okay. Then I could. I get you. <laughs> I, get you
2: I get what you're I get what you're saying.
3: So you know, and the view from up there, I turned around and sat down on one of the branches, like, you know, about 8 or 10 feet down. Nobody could see me on the roads even. And this is daytime, in the morning, you know. So at night, they could sit up there and just watch cars, watch people, watch, you know. <laughs> They'd have a great view.
2: Now do, you, now, do you think they made, whatever it was, made those bends in the tree? Or was that just like some kind of natural? Uh,
3: no totally unnatural
0: it had to have been
3: over over decades either the indians before them or bigfoot because you know i have seen you know indians marking you know major you know throwaways with tree bends like you know but one bend not not like six going up a tree you know (laughs) that was weird
2: but if you wanted a good just like you said you sat there and nobody could see you Whether it was a Native American or a Bigfoot that wanted to sit up there, and you know, it would be perfect for either one (laughs) to to kind of scout out, you know, what's
3: coming. Yeah, wow. Or for a hunting party, you know, if there's three Bigfoot on the left side in the trees, and there's two in the field pushing them out, you know, and this one's, you know, I don't know, whistling and telling them where to go, or I don't know what they, you know, what they communicate that way, but or how they hunt. But there's, you know, a few different possibilities that i've heard but anyway
2: so but still was, so still you're up in this tree and and you're still wondering what the heck is up here that can reach two three feet beyond my reach and is up here hanging out
3: yeah and what do they use the sap for? Is it for wounds? Is it for, um, you know, to give them better grip on the trees, or to eat? You know, uh, hair tonic. I don't know. You know, I don't know what <laughs> for, you know? I can beg for. It, so who knows? <laughs> Got to keep it light. All right. So let me go into my next ex- next. I just
2: uh, I just yeah. have to say for the record, if I would have used sap for hair tonic, I might have more <laughs> of it left. It, because it would have stuck around a little bit longer, I think.
3: Maybe, but. if you like the movie, <laughs> something about Mary. Remember that? Oh God, Gosh. Yes, yes, yes. There you yes. go. That's what it would have been like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So my next experience, where those two trees are, there's a road. It used to be a dirt road, and that's what I'm referring to. It was about five houses on the right-hand side. that road and no houses to the left where i mentioned that field okay so i was at the last house on the right visiting my friend johnny and his wife and their dog wolfie their dog is a shepherd yeah maybe wolf mix who knows but i was visiting them decided i'm going to go out to the lake from there so i started walking out and their dog happened to be with me because you know i'm walking the dogs going to go because that's what they do so she's about 12 15 feet in front of me and we're walking all of a sudden something that same style roar starts coming up in front of me about a quarter mile in front of me and the dog just stops in her tracks and looks jerks her head back and looks at me. And I took off running toward it as fast as I can. And I'm looking up in trees. I'm pushing off of rocks like starting blocks, trying to get as much speed as I can. And I'm just running as fast as I can. I'm looking up in the trees, side to side, in front of me, anywhere I can. And, you know, at 15 years old, I can run pretty good. And I get to the clearing of the trees where the lake is. It's about 50 yards, maybe 80 yards in front of me. And I'm out of breath. So I'm just like, okay, let me it. All right. And I look back in the trees. I didn't see anything. I'm looking up in them. I don't see anything. So I look to the lake and I go, all right, I'm going to do an angle to the right. I'm going to go at an angle and then walk along the shore and see if I can find, see anything, you know. So I head off to my right, and I get out to the lake, and I get about 15 feet, 20 feet away, and I start walking along the edge. And I'm walking along, I get about 50 feet or so, and pretty soon I see something sticking up from the the ground, but near the edge of the lake, and it's about maybe 100 feet away from me. And I'm like, well, that's weird. All right, I'm I'm still walking along, walking along, and I'm like, what the hell is that? It's mud, and there's mud sticking up about, I don't know, about 15, 16 inches out from the level part of the ground the mud okay and it's up in the air and curling back toward the shore this mud I'm like, what the hell is that you know and i get over to it i get about 10 feet away and this mud is about almost an inch thick coming from the level plant pane you know of the shore and it's up coming up it's about six inches wide and curling at the top toward the shore and when i get over to it it's the front half of this creature's foot sunk down about eight inches down below the level of the mud and pushed all that mud up from the middle of its foot because their foot bends in the middle, mid-tarsal break. You know, I didn't know that then, but I figured that had to have been just its toe or the front half. And it was huge. Human-shaped toes, no claws, and the water just starting to seep into it. And you could see the definition of the foot just amazing, you know, in the mud that's that much weight had to been, you know, at least a thousand, maybe 1100 pounds. I was thinking like eight back then, but I've, you know, since realized to push that much mud up had to have been, but this mud, it was like I say, pushed up about, you know, 15, 16 inches up and then started curling to the back toward the shore. So when it pushed down and stepped and dove in the water, I assume all that mud got pushed up and hardened or didn't even harden. It was just so much weight with that thick, thick mud, you know, it was like instant cement, you know, but I, I turned, I got this calm feeling of knowing, you know, I knew it was Bigfoot by then I talked to my friends and, and other people about witnessing, you know, and things, but I just, I knew I didn't, you know, I wasn't worried about it. I don't know. I just, I turned and just, Walked off. I don't remember after I turned like a couple steps. I don't remember walking out that day, or I didn't stop at my friend Johnny's house. I don't remember that night. I don't remember bringing anyone back there. I didn't. I know that. I didn't even think about a picture. Just I knew that. You know, cool. You know, this is this is what it is. All right. You know and but if i didn't run toward it i never would have seen that it was the most amazing print or
2: how so, deep you, it was. so do you think so you think that made it just before you got there or
3: no it was it was in the trees and maybe it saw me and the dog and didn't like the dog i don't know but it started okay. roaring that same pissed off you know roar just screeching you know heavy guttural roar But this time it was an eighth of a mile away or more.
2: And you never caught, you never actually caught up with it, but by the time you got there, that's all that was left from it. Having done that at some point.
3: It It either heard or saw me running toward it flat out, you know? So it said, all right, I'm booking, I'm getting out of here. So it headed to the water thinking that's the best way to get away. It jumped in the water, but as it did, it's last step. And like I said, they, they can like, leap almost you know maybe it thought it could make it farther but it had to take one more step and it you know hit and that's how much you know weight just you know eight or nine inches deep and this thing was like seven eight inches wide at the toes you know and like five or six inches wide at the at the mid-tarsal part and then shoved all that mud above ground it was amazing No print I mean, if I knew now what I know, I would go back and print and <laughs> take pictures, and you know. But oh, yeah, but I didn't have to because I knew what it was that You know.
2: Wow. So, so then, so then, what do you just um, do? You talk. I mean, so then I talk s- talk to your friend some more and say, "Hey, look, you're never going to believe this." But exactly. I saw a print. Well, so how did that go?
3: Well, I didn't tell him about that right away. I started, you know, asking more questions about the history. You know, and I started talking about things like that, like Indians had told stories about them, like riding on horseback down a mountain and Bigfoot would be like 50 or 100 yards to its side, just tracking right along with them, just pacing right with them, you know, not right on them. So it wouldn't scare the horses, but it would just be going down the hill, pacing them, pacing them out. And then I heard one from Grandma Penrod that was up there, one of the first families that, you know, the Fish family and Lausanne family, well, Penrods were up on the mountain. Grandma Penrod apparently was down by the lake. She was hearing a cow, she thought, and she was like six or seven years old, maybe seven or eight, I guess. I don't know the details right now, but she kept hearing what she thought was a cow. And she got down by the lake and she heard it again and looks across the lake and it's a Bigfoot like swaying back and forth to its, you know, left side, right side, just swaying back and forth with its arms kind of stretched out toward the lake and moaning. She said the sorrow in its voice was was deep. And this is a secondhand, you know, <sighs> recreation that someone told me. But I could hear the emotion they were telling me, that this creature was just more just, just this sorrow in its voice that she was describing and she was, you know, not, not panicked, but kind of almost memorized, mesmerized. And then she just like turned and ran home, you know, I ran back and and then I heard a couple other stories, but you know, then I started looking a little more into it now that I know that they're around and, you know, but I used to camp right in that same spot area, you know, (laughs)
2: And I mean, it it seems like it seems like from from an early age, it maybe it was because you had this UFO experience, but that you were more fascinated by what this could be than scared, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're going, especially if you're still 15, 16 years old and going camping there. And, uh, you know, but I mean, let's (laughs) let's be honest. Growing up in the 70s is a little bit different than growing up (laughs) than. Than being a kid today, you know, you kind
3: right. of right. And I was, I was going out camping with one of my friends. You know, yeah. I mean, I'd been camping with my parents, you know, years earlier. But this, I was just going out with my friend, take his old Chevy Nova through the woods, right? And we'd park oh, it, and then we'd build fire. We'd have a tent. You know, his dog. You know that. You know that's roughing it out there. <laughs> There's yeah, now the size. Uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> now kid, now kids, kids that age roughing it is if the Wi-Fi doesn't connect, you know.
3: Yeah, <laughs> no, the camp nobody's
2: take, yeah. yeah, nobody's taking their Nova through the woods. Kids, these days yeah. don't even no what a Nova is. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, so when, so how long were you were you out there then? um before i mean how do you end up in pennsylvania
3: uh well let me tell you one more experience there that was pretty intense um i was with peggy again we were in those same woods
2: okay so let's just let's just get this out of. peggy was not really your friend's girlfriend this was no she was
3: (laughs) was. i had my own girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) It's just she lived in that area, and, you know, that was just kind of normal to hang out, you
2: know? Okay, fine. Okay, fine. I'll I'll buy it. I'll buy it.
3: We left the lake area, and she was going to be heading home. So I said, hey, I'm going to check out the other side of the creek because I'd never been on the other side of this creek that fed the the lake. Okay. So she says, okay, just, you know, you're going to go look for Bigfoot, aren't you? And I go, yeah. And she goes, you got to be careful. I said, all right, you know. And she told me two things that kind of (laughs) had me a little worried a little bit, but she told me when she was about, I don't know, 10 or 12 years old, her and her parents came home with their station wagon or whatever it was. And as they're coming up the, the dirt road and getting ready to turn into their driveway, they turn the corner into their driveway, and there's a Bigfoot leaning on its leaning with its left arm on their carport on the top of their carport she said its arm was like level with the top of the carport <laughs> good grief yeah most carports are seven to eight feet up uh, and was its gonna say, arm it's gonna be huge was like its elbow was like on the awning on the carport and they got scared and didn't go and <laughs> bigfoot turned and just walked off wasn't affected really they, they said she said So then she told me the second thing. Now, Glenn, this may sound crazy, but her and two other friends were hiking over by this, um, and I'd say it's not a sewer area, but between the sewer and this natural spring area, this natural spring is what actually feeds this creek that I'm talking about, okay? Between those two, they found a horse with its head ripped off. Now, she said it wasn't cut off. It wasn't like severed in any way. It was ripped off. You know? Holy moly! And, like, do you, do
2: you have horses? Because I have horses, and I can't even. That takes imag- a lot of problems. I can imagine problems. that. So,
3: yeah. yeah. And I've wow. heard that they don't like horses and dogs for some reason. Maybe because they're like hypersensitive to the alarm system of Bigfoot, or I, I don't know. <laughs> I've heard that they've ripped you know, hind quarters off of horses, you know, these are, you know, investigations that we've, you know, I haven't done those, but that's things that I've heard, but this one, and I believed her because she was like terrified in her eyes when she even knew that I was going to go over there. And that this is something that she and her friends found. So I said, well, I got to go, I got to check it out. So she said, Okay. so she went her way and I went down the creek and I got to look for a place to cross the creek so I'm walking along and I hope I don't have to go all the way to the road but I see this little levee like going across and it's about a foot and a half wide goes across the creek and the creek's about 25 feet wide right there so I go across the creek and I turn right and I'm going back down the creek toward the river or toward the lake and I get about 100 maybe 150 yards at the most and I noticed to my left, about 25, 30 feet up, that there's fresh breaks on the bob wire stick, a stick that's you know, holding the bob wire. So I'm like, fresh breaks means something broken. <laughs> you know, you can tell the difference between a stick that's been there a really long time and broken or fresh breaks. So I can see the fresh breaks. So I walk up there. And as I get closer, I notice this huge clump of blonde hair and it's bigger around than any of my fingers and about five inches five and a half inches long and i'm just staring at it i'm about three feet away and i'm kind of getting a little closer kind of looking at it and then every hair on the my neck just stands up on end my whole body just got this eerie feeling like death or something's watching you and i don't know why but I spun around a 360 and dropped to my fingertips in like a Spider-Man kind of pose. And I'm about three inches of range from the ground. And I'm looking side to side up in the trees, you know, from the direction past the hair. And I just slowly creep back on my fingertips because I think it's coming from that direction in front of me but I can't see it. And I slowly back up a few more feet and I slowly get up and I turn and walk out. And I walk across that water, <laughs> that little levee thing. And I'm thinking it's, it's like deep on my left side, you know, and if something just grabbed me and I'd be gone, nobody would ever see me again. You know, I'm thinking that, you know, but I'm, and I get across the water and I walk on back home and, and it's getting dusk then by that time. So I call my buddy and I said, hey, you got to come out here, meet me here, and I'll meet, yeah, you got to come see this, right? So first thing in the morning, he's out there like 7 a.m. in the morning. We go out there, walk across that little levee thing, turn right, head up the, down that way, get to the fence. We look up to where the brakes are. I walk over there and the hair is gone. I mean, it's gone. And Shane, I mean, I'm, I'm like doing almost the same thing I was doing, except not, I'm not looking at the hair this time. I'm looking on the ground this time because I'm looking for any hair or any evidence that I'm not a, I didn't just see this because I know what I felt. I know what I saw. I saw this big, huge clump of hair and to be that big of a clump anyway, had to have been pretty painful or, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's weird. That much yeah. hair yeah. clumped together yeah. on a piece on the bob wire in the first place. And it had to have hit it pretty hard. Like it didn't, maybe it was watching us from the other side of the Creek. And then when she left and I started down there and then I came up that way, probably surprised it and it ran and cut the barbed wire, you know, <laughs> but so, so I'm looking at the hair Shane, right. Or for the hair really. And my friend walks over about I don't know, 10 or 15 feet, you know, away toward the creek a little bit, right? And he's, he tips up this big rock, and this rock was like 35, 40 pounds. It looked kind of like a, not a volcano, but a, a pyramid kind of rounded, just shaped rock, okay? And he tips it up. I have no idea why, but there's bob wire twisted up underneath the rock.
2: Okay, <laughs> like somebody ripped it off and did-
3: it- Yeah, hit it hit it underneath this rock now i mean i'm sorry but i you know i've done fences in colorado and in california up on you know cattle ranch and you know you don't care you just throw it especially when the creek is right there and the creek's 30 feet deep you know you just toss it in the creek you know it's that close a human wouldn't do that no other animal that i know of would do that could a bear lift up a rock and throw bob wire under it no a deer, a wolf, a coyote, and no.
1: Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check.
2: Now, now, a bear could do that, but why would a bear do? Could? <laughs> why would a bear do that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
3: But how? He's got to drag the barbed wire with his teeth, because <laughs> you know, and then pick up, tip up the rock, a 35 pound rock on its edge, and it's a, like I say, a concave kind of flat on the bottom, but concave kind of weird shape on the top, like a pyramid kind of thing. Tip it up and then put some barbed wire underneath it and then hide it.
2: Now, what? I mean, now, do you think that is that the piece of barbed wire that had the hair on it or not? No,
3: no, No. it wasn't. Okay, okay. It may because that barbed wire was still it's still still strung across still. Okay. The wood, the branch, the branch that was holding it that had the three breaks in it was still attached. To that bob wire cell. That's how I noticed the three breaks. So the three strands that was broken in three spots on on the uh, fence. So so what was
2: the pur- what do you what do you suppose the purpose of that was?
3: To hide any blood or hair or whatever you know it got caught up in the bob wire and was pissed and just you know you know twisted it up and shoved it under a rock. I think that's the only thing I could figure.
2: You know? that's that's just crazy uh, yeah yeah i mean it's yeah. i mean it's just odd because you're right it's not yeah. anything that that
3: it's only I don't something have any i just yeah. know what i saw and that bob wire is still there as far as i know <laughs> i didn't take it <laughs> we just pushed it back down
2: <laughs> well i mean it, it either was a human or or a bigfoot that did it i mean that's yeah. there's not really much else that uh, is going to do that so it's but it doesn't make sense for anybody to do it whether you're human or bigfoot for sure for real i mean it doesn't it doesn't make a lot yeah. of
3: sense unless they're taught to hide any evidence that they've came across that they bled that they cut themselves with you know if they were in, taught that from an early age and that's how their upbringing, that's how they stay hidden, they, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I say, he, that that creature that I ran after, there's no doubt that it dove into that lake. And that that creek that I was talking about is at least an eighth of a mile away. That's a hell of a swing. That's a, that's a good swim underwater, right? Oh,
2: I, I couldn't do it.
3: <laughs> no. So it, either this thing has got really, really big lungs, which we know it does. Which it and with you know the strength and the ability that they have, I think it could swim pretty damn fast, but i I have another theory too that I think they go in the water and come up underground and build their caverns underground just so they can stay hidden, and that's how they bury their dead and how they stay hidden from humans and other creatures
2: i you, you know that's as good a theory as any you know,
3: yeah, I mean, I may be wrong, but so far it hasn't proven me wrong. <laughs> no one's proven me wrong, but <laughs> no one's proven me right either, so <laughs> yeah you got so, gotta think outside the box with these creatures, i believe so
2: yeah i i i that becomes more and more apparent that you do have to think a little outside of the box for sure because they're not uh. I mean, they're not normal. I mean, it's not anything that we consider normal. So why would you think normal things when when you're trying to figure out, you know, why and where and what and, and how? Yeah, You know what I'm saying?
3: Nor, normal reasoning isn't getting much evidence. <laughs> no. That's no. the, no, you know, the true. Patterson <laughs> film, you know, 16, 19, 1967 to now, I mean, come on. <laughs> There's a lot of years that I, I would have thought, I mean, when I remember when the first... Dial-up AOL first came out, you know, in the modem. Do you remember that? Of course, yeah, of course, yeah. So I looked up Bigfoot back then, right? And there was like two hundred and some thousand things about Bigfoot on the internet then. Okay, Now, how many of those, you know? I thought that number was like outrageous. I'm like, oh my god, that that's, you know, that's so huge, you know. And then now there's these, you know, thousands of podcasts about. You know, not just Bigfoot, but other cryptids and other Mm -hmm. ideas, but how many things have been taken off the Internet? And, you know, there's just a lot of old newspaper, you know, things that, you know, hairy man and, you know, just repetition about... I
2: I just got sent a newspaper clipping and unfortunately, it's only the first page or the first part of it, but it was... Um, and I'm, you know, this is going to make for compelling podcasting as I look it up here in my email, but this was, this goes right along with what you're, what you're saying is like, where, like what, uh, Josh Schneider is he, he sent me a couple pretty cool, uh, articles in the last couple of months, but this one's from 1895 in Remington, Indiana. And here's the headlines. Fearsome beast sighted a third time. So what the heck is that? In Indiana. Yeah, bingo. And I don't know where Remington, (laughs) Indiana is. But this is uh, you know,
3: Doesn't this, matter. they're everywhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is a yeah. this is a fantastic um you know, this lady is describing this um down at the river, and it was an early morning, and uh and, and this is what's really crazy. So it, it said everything like she's down at the river at four o'clock in the morning washing some, like she's washing jars, which is must have been something you did in the eighteen nineties. And the songbird, it says here, the songbirds were happy. So I went to the bank, curves back north with my pant legs rolled up. That's pretty, bare feet in the water. I was rinsing my glassware when I noticed the birds had grown silent. As I looked up, I saw it standing on its hinds in the opposite side of the creek. She began to describe it. Mrs. Cornwell grew visibly upset. It was wolf-like, but giant in size, far taller than me. Standing as it was, ruddy, colored fur, but a face like a wild boar. The description uh, well matched the previous two accounts, which locals coining the beast, the Ren, Rem Wolf. And then it only had this, and then, it, you know, the rest of the article would appear um, somewhere on else. Yeah. And um, so there, I didn't, I couldn't read it. I couldn't read anymore. And I don't, you know, I have to do some research and try to find that newspaper, but that's the same stuff that you hear now where like the, the forest goes silent, you know, like how would they know in 1895 to, to notice that the songbirds quit singing?
3: You know, oh, and then you're noticed. And then you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed it uh, a dozen times, probably. <laughs> yeah, or so it's, so it's eerie. It's yeah. really eerie, dude.
2: <laughs> you know, so you so you have that,
5: and
2: you know you have those reports clear back then, and that's the third report of that, according to that newspaper article, and um, you know, and it's the same stuff a hundred and twenty years later. <laughs> It's it's yeah. the same same exact stuff. So so okay, so how, how do you end up in Pennsylvania and how do you get into um I mean, so I'm assuming then from that point in your life, now you know that there's something out there, you're convinced that Bigfoot exists. I mean, do you keep Definitely chasing after it and trying to find
3: more evidence um actually no i took a break i mean i took um like a few years i moved back to southern california and i you know didn't think about it did a lot of four-wheeling you know and doing that but then i ended up moving to after we lived in oregon for a while i moved to connecticut met a girl there Got married, and then she was from Pennsylvania, moved back to Pennsylvania with her eventually, and raised my two boys. And so when they got to that age, about 14, 10, you know, 10 and 14, I started going out Bigfooting again. I started getting interested in it again. And wow, did I have some experiences. <laughs> you know, it took <laughs> It's like the first one I had, I was going out to go camping with my brother and he was in the middle part of the state or, you know, and I was going to meet him at a campground area. So I was about a half hour ahead of him coming from different direction. So I decided to, you know, just look for a place to look around. I really wasn't thinking about Bigfoot that much, but a little bit, you know, and I see this little dirt trail kind of, you know, kind of close to the freeway, but not. So I pulled down there with my little Toyota RAV4 and I see this like, Cul-de-sac, like real muddy, dirty, old cul-de-sac kind of thing. And I said, "Well, okay." And I, I look to my right, and I see this, you know, kind of a muddy rut, like something had driven down there before. And I'm like, "Well, I yeah, go down, go, go that way. Just check it out, you know. It's only fifty feet away, you know. Well, it could, you know, doesn't hurt." So I pull down there, and it's like a little little trail. It's only like you know two lane, nothing. It's only about a hundred yards deep at the most from the very beginning. So I go down there and I pass this one tree and I look to my left and there's a tree that had fallen down and it was part of a four prong tree. Okay. Like four big, like not a triad tree, a four prong tree. And one of the big quarters of it fell down. It was still attached. So it was like three or four, three foot off the ground at the trunk part And then sloping down to the side. Well, next to it, on that one side, there was like 30 or 40 branches weaved in on that side of the tree. A few on the other side, but not many. I'm like, okay, this is something. I want to check this out. So I hop out and I start walking over there. And there's this huge patch of hair. Like something had been shedding hair or or killing something, but there's no hides, there's no bones, there's no antlers, there's no skulls, there's no evidence of guts, and but there's this hair all over the ground, right near where this, like, structure kind of thing was, by these branches. And there's a huge plop of poop there. And then another smaller plop that was... The smaller plop was as big as one of the big maple leaves that were there, and they are about the size of my hand, okay? That small plop was about an inch and a half thick. The big plop was three times that size and about two inches thick. Now, there's no cows in this area, okay, for one. This was not a cow pie. I've seen hundreds of cows, some cow pies. Not a cow pie. This was like, had a lot of fiber in it some gelatinous stuff in it, some, you know, <laughs> weird looking seeds in it. Uh, this is in the laurels. You ever heard of mountain laurels or I don't know if they have them in the area you're at.
2: I've heard, I've heard that phrase, but yeah, they don't. Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, the mountain laurels in this area are like grandfathered, I'd say, cause they're like 15 to 20 feet tall. They're huge. And the leaves on them they're like a rhododendron, only like three times the size, the leaves. They stay green all winter long. So they're about four, three to four inches wide and about six inches long, these leaves. And they're about a quarter inch thick. Even when I've driven through them with half inch ice on these leaves, they're still green and vibrant, you know, all year long. Okay. So that's the area. But I did do some research on the mountain laurels and deer eat them, but it's hot to their tongue, they say, but they get inebriated. They really? Get drunk from eating those leaves.
2: Okay, that's that, that inter- interesting. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah, so maybe, you know, Bigfoot would be doing that too, I think, you know, lay around, you got camouflage, you got bedding, you know, you got leaves you can eat any time of year and they get you drunk too that's a pretty good vacation you know <laughs> so i i went back and i met my brother and we came back there and he wouldn't hike down into the laurels with me Because, you know, you know, like, no, I'm not, (laughs) I don't want to get killed. I'm just, no, no, thanks, you know. (laughs) And he's a, you know, seventh degree Nijitsu black belt. So I wasn't, he wasn't scared of anything. He just doesn't want to go down in the woods, you know, (laughs) not knowing. So he, um, we go back to camp. So after their camping trip, I bring another friend of mine out there, an investigator, because I've met a couple, you know, in the area. And we start looking around and we you know, we find a few different things, a couple little structures, but... We've investigated there at night. And we've heard some, something coming pretty close to us, but we can't see it. Don't know what it is. And I tell people, if you want to see Bigfoot or you want to find evidence, go during the day. Go during the morning or daylight. If you want to have an experience that will definitely happen, go at night. Because they're more active at night, and they have the advantage, they'll come a lot closer to you at night than they will during the day. And we've gotten them on thermal, and that's having a good experience, but not having a good sighting, or finding good evidence. So... I brought in a couple people back to that area a few times. This one last particular time, not the last, but most experienced, most traumatic experience we had there was Stephanie, her boyfriend, AJ, and myself went down there. And We decided to go hiking way down, down into the laurels. And these are so thick, you have to look at the trees to get your bearing as you're going because... You can get lost. It's like a maze. These things are so thick. So we hiked for about two hours, you know, got way down there by the creek. And I I decided, all right, guys, why don't we let this area cool down? Let's hike out of here. We'll drive somewhere else for a little while, and then we'll come back. So they all agreed. So we hiked back up. It took about 40 minutes to hike back up. We drove to another area where more public hiking is. So we hiked down there and we got down to that same creek, okay? But it's in the more public area where they have a waterfall down there and other structures like bridges and things for people to walk on, but we were in the more untrailed area, going up and down these whoop-de-doops I got. We got down to this little island that we found out on the creek. We go out on this island and we find this small human shaped footprint, probably a size six or eight of a kid, but it's sunk down almost an inch deep and that's really deep. We stepped next to it and it wouldn't even go down like an eighth of an inch. And I weigh about 185, 190 pounds. So barely even sunk in. So whatever made that footprint had to have weighed around 400, 450 pounds at that size foot or it was carrying something really heavy. To make that deep of an impression. Okay. So we kept going on the creek on that little island, right? And then I don't know, I wasn't leading, but all of a sudden we came back to that exact same footprint going the exact same direction. Now, Shane, all four of us were like in shock. Like, wait, how could we get back here coming this same direction? We didn't we didn't go back around, you know? That was really strange so i said all right guys follow me we're going back out we're going back up this way and everybody followed me back out and up we got back to the main trail Hiked back up to my truck toyota rav4 we drove back over to the other area and it's almost dark now you know and i decided to back in because it's muddy up there so i back into that spot and i get pretty close to where that tree had fallen and right you know right up to it and we're just bullshitting and talking. And I said, Stephanie, why don't you say a few things, you know, just, you know, put its bind to ease. You know, I don't know what to say. And I said, well, just say anything. Just, you know, just talk, you know, tell them you're here to be friendly. And you know, I just want to be, you know, just say anything. So she started talking and doing, you know, a little bit. And I didn't have a flashlight at the time. So somebody else had the flashlights and I walked out toward my right into the the pathway to the right is kind of where the water goes down and the other side is where the you know the weave through the ma- mazes so i was out that way and they're shining the light on me and it's like this huge silhouette of like a bigfoot in front of me it looks like with my silhouette the shadows right and i'm kind of laughing like oh you know and i'm i'm just bullshit i'm talking like i told stephanie to do just trying to put the bigfoot to ease if they are out there listening so i come back over to the g or to the toyota raft 4 and i'm talking and I decided to replicate a yell like I heard in Arizona. So I turn around, and I didn't tell anybody. And AJ got in the front seat, the passenger side of the RAV4. But the window, the driver's window was down. So I didn't want to yell right there, right in his ear, you know. So I walked to the back of the SUV, and I... Aim toward the back of the SUV, out into the woods. And I'll do a quick yell, but I only did it for about a half a second. That's all I did. And I just, just, just real loud. And then something started stomping up at me. And this is like the heaviest, I've never heard anything stomp like this. It was just like, boom, 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 boom. And it's breaking, snapping branches coming up at me. Everybody just starts scrambling. This boyfriend jumps in behind my seat and slams the door. So Stephanie has to run around the front of the SUV. I jump in, start the truck. And they're like, go, go, go. Stephanie gets in and we just take off. And they're like, don't stop, don't stop. This thing could just knock the truck over. Go, go, go. You know, they're screaming, you know, and I don't want anyone to get hurt, you know, and we're going, I'm like, I want to go back. And they're no, no, I'm not going back tonight. No way. You know, even when we're 10 miles away, I still wanted to go back, you know, but nobody wanted to go back and I don't want anyone to get hurt either. So AG and I go back the next morning and we're looking around and we see these branches that are snapped and they're like two and a half inches around just snapped off tossed up into the laurels we can't see any footprints but man the power that this thing just came right up at us right right up at me i was the closest one to it but aj felt that in the passenger seat he could feel the impressions it it was almost like that jurassic park movie where you see it in the water the you know boom boom oh yeah i mean this was just it was probably the you know loudest thing i've ever heard stomping ever so so you seem to have had some
2: experiences with it where now it just seemed like it's trying to get you out of wherever you're at like you know what i'm saying it it, not like it was like gonna attack you but it's almost like it's like hey look i'm get out of here i don't want you around here
3: yeah we think that was a bluff rush you know what we call is like something comes up at you but it's gonna stop but you know and thank god it did (laughs) They could have just knocked the back of that SUV and just, you know, who knows what we would be like. But I don't know what I said when I, when I did that yell.
2: Yeah. Well, that's <laughs>
3: we've
2: okay. talked about that before is, you know, when you're doing the the quote unquote Ohio howl, howl or any sort of that, like whistling or even tree knocks, you don't know what you're saying. You know, you don't no. know if you're like issuing a challenge or but
3: what, I, you know. Right. Okay. And I also think that, you know, maybe it was thinking that we were being attacked and it was coming up to defend us. Oh, yeah, okay. you know, I got you. Yeah. From another Bigfoot, or, you know, <laughs> I I don't know, you know. And like I say, I've forgiven them for any fright or scare that I got from that because that was pretty, you know, intense, put it that way. Um, and even going back, you know, I've been back numerous times, daytime, nighttime. I've never had a bad feeling. I've always had, you know, even you know the next day, I didn't have any, you know, qualms about going back. But you know, that's why I wanted to go see. You know. <laughs> I well,
2: it's it's. Um, I, I mean, I think it goes all the way back to the aliens. You're a brave. You're a brave guy, to you know to keep wanting to go yeah. back and, um, and I guess face face whatever it is. So have you. Other than catching it on thermal, have you ever actually had had a you know a real like visual visual? So? Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, let me tell you. Well, you remember I was talking about Johnny? Well, Johnny and his Nova. There was four of us in his car, and this is at night on one of the um, lookout tower roads up in the mountain the, up in the mountains, and we're cruising along. And back roads are cinders, you know, cinder roads from, mm-hmm. you know, lava years ago. But we're driving along and he has to go to the bathroom. So he's driving. I'm in the back seat on the passenger side. Okay. I'm in the back seat on that side. So he stops, grabs the toilet paper, heads out. So he's out in the woods. Maybe two minutes later, we start hearing like snapping branches and, you know, a little noise. And then Johnny yells, start the car start the fucking car, you know? And so I jump over the seat, I knock it out of gear because it was, you know, a three in the tree that was moved to the floor. So I take it out of gear and I start the car from the back seat, you know, reaching over. He jumps in, takes off. There's something coming. There's something big out there coming. You know, so we take off. We're on the cinder road. We're going 35, almost 40 miles an hour, just, you know, hauling ass and gaining. I look back over my left shoulder. And there's something loping is the only way I could describe it, not running, not jogging, like loping, kind of just like an easy nonchalant kind of the arms kind of just kind of going up and down, not, not, you know, nothing definite that I can see, but I know what I'm seeing and to keep up with the car going thirty five forty, and we're pulling away and it's keeping it right up with us it's not even straining from what i saw it was just like like i say loping behind us and that wow. was my really only visual other than you know <laughs> knowing how close they have been before
2: <laughs> well, let, well let me ask you this because um gosh we've been talking for a long time holy smokes <laughs> well, <Okay>. well. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this then um so like through you know, getting, uh, stories and stuff and, and especially in Pennsylvania there and going out and kind of like following up on other people's stories. What's the one, uh, experience you've heard that somebody else had that really, like, uh, you really wish you'd been there to experience that too, like, which is one that really hit you? Oh, okay. Uh,
3: I mean, AJ's had a few good ones that I know he's told me, but I mean, nothing, nothing's as intense as what I've lived through. You know, I mean, some of the, you know, even when I, when I went back to that spot where I found the hair, okay. Mm-hmm. in the bob bar, bar fence, something I didn't mention then was from where that break was that stick and that break. Okay. Probably about seven, six or seven feet from that, it was attached to a huge tree. I mean, this tree was probably about eight foot around. Okay. I mean, some of the trees up there are big. And I didn't look up into that tree for Bigfoot. I looked in front of me more so and side to side, you know, when I was crawling backwards on that spider kind of mode. Mm-hmm. So that could have been, it could have been right above me. And I didn't know. I'm kind of glad I didn't look up. And I think I, by what I did, spinning around and dropping to the ground, this thing was probably like, it stopped its like trance that it was trying to do on me. I don't know, or whatever it was trying to do. And it was just like, whoa, 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 what is he doing? You know, and it was kind of just watching me, I think. And that's when I was able to back up and slowly walk out. And then
2: it, you know, know, it just dawned on me. You did to it what it typically does to people that See it like yeah, it did, like when people witness that it same kind tweet. of oh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. they would it like freaks them out like wait a second what am I seeing this doesn't make any sense <laughs> so yeah you, so you essentially that's... did you did the old switcheroo on it if it was you know watching like
3: yeah because um, I mean I've I've never had that intense feeling of you know the back every hair in my body but mainly the back of my neck and that's a in primal instinct of danger. There's no doubt what that is, you know, so they've never had that strong of a feeling other than that particular time, even when this thing was stomping up at me, it didn't make any noise. It didn't, it didn't verbalize, but from, you know, 50, 40, 30, 20, you know, it was coming right up at me, right up at us, you know, everybody knew, (laughs) I mean, this was like a Semi-truck with legs felt like, you know, bam, 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 you know, gaining speed and breaking off more and more branches. And I mean, these laurels aren't little toys. These are, like I said, grandfathered in laurels with huge 20-foot, you know, branches. <laughs> and it was just snapping them off like toothpicks.
2: Well, I, well, I wonder, um, you know, and, and we mentioned this a couple times going back to that experience that you had as a kid and it and it does seem to me that people who have one sort of paranormal experience seem to be opened up to having a bunch of other you know other experiences because i mean let's let's face it the average person's gonna say oh man every time he walks out in the woods he's having an experience and um because i mean you have you've had Quite a few experiences, you know, but I think it's yeah, also I mean, because you're open to the experience and and you know, you're putting yourself out there where this stuff is going to happen for sure. Uh, if it's, you know, if, if we're all going to believe that it happens, you know, if this stuff is real, you know, it's, it's, but I do think real. that the, I do think that the fact that you had that and like, third eye-opening experience as a kid seeing what you know what you're describing as a spaceship probably opened you up to a lifetime of all kinds of this stuff you know what i'm yeah. saying i mean that to me that to me does make sense when people cause i mean um, the one guy that's on the, sh- the judge that's on the show with me quite a bit uh, you know he's it's the same thing you know he had paranormal experiences with ghosts growing up as a kid and then he's i mean He's been open to all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, and we call him the judge because he's a real judge. So he's, you know, it's not like he's, you know,
3: it doesn't matter what, that's all walks of life, these things. That's that's right. Not everybody wants to say anything because they think it's taboo. They think people will mock them. They don't understand. But now it's so mainstream, you know, it's. it's time to come out and talk about it you know yeah it's simple i don't know i'm not i'm not 14 years old anymore i'm 60 so 62 so you know it's it's easy to talk about because i'm don't give a shit (laughs) if someone doesn't believe me or not this is the way it happened
2: and that's that was his stance when we decided to start the podcast was like you know what i I, now i know what i've been experiencing and i want to share it and i you know, even though I got to get elected every six years, I don't care. I I, I got to give people permission of all, you know all walks of life to come out and share this stuff because I, I just got to do it and prove that you know if I'm brave if and he doesn't like to say if I'm brave enough, but he's like if I if I'm willing to put my reputation on the line, you know, because we live in the same town we grew up in, you know, and. <laughs> And so, you know, matter, yeah. if they're going to call you crazy, you know, these are the people that are going to call us crazy.
3: <laughs> don't know if, but they've heard it, it for 25 years or right. 30 years. You know, they, it's not... And they don't,
2: they, and they don't, you know, they're just like, okay. Hey. So, so yeah, I, um, you know, and I, and we got to have people come and, and, and share their experiences um, or else we're never going to figure out what's, what's going on for sure. So, yeah. but I'm, I, so, so, Tell everybody, you know, because I know we we have a ton of listeners in Pennsylvania and in Ohio. Um, tell them how they can find you if they have if there's a report or or something that they want to talk to somebody or report to to have them go out and investigate it. Tell them how they can find you and and get a hold of you and and maybe get some help
3: sure i mean the the pennsylvania bigfoot project right on facebook that's our main structures we do have separate emails and texts and all that but the main way to do it is through them and then if we every county well not every county but we have 90 percent of the counties in pennsylvania covered by a lead chapter and then that chapter has their group members that they do their investigations with and then, like I say, we have the regional ones, which is what my level is, and AJ, and Bob is, uh, Bob is the whole eastern part of the United States, and Bill Rigby is the western part of the state, along with maybe Mary Fabian, but she's kind of semi-retiring now, so she doesn't have to do quite as much of that part. She'll do more analytical and, you know, response and still do the, um, the bigger events. You know, she's came out here to eastern to western. Yeah. Northeast Pennsylvania and Dutta, you know, her, you know, seminars basically of her experiences out here also. So it's great. And we do summer campouts outs in that. But if you contact that, I'm the lead chapter of Lackawanna County. And there's seven other counties around me that I, you know, investigate recently. The other night I dropped off my ex-wife and stepdaughter to go to a concert and Penn's peak. So I drove probably seven, eight miles away and found a great area. And then, you know, some research for about an hour. Then I went to that laurel area that I was talking about, but about two miles away from there to another private area that I go to. And I actually put up a video of that, a quick reel, actually. So Glen Barasa, you can look me up on that way on Facebook for, you know, my content of reels or whatever. But I You know, post a lot about Bigfoot, and but if you need a sighting or a report, go to the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Project, click on reports, or contact Glenn Barassa or Bob, um, that was his last name, (laughs) blank, but I'll put it in there, but Bill Rigby, um, any of us can take down the reports and then put the lead chapter for that area to follow up more and get a go out with you if you need or help you with the contact we are a no kill group we don't believe in any kind of damage to the creatures or to their environment we're very careful we keep everything anonymous we have a a map under our files you go into the files there's a map there for all the sightings in pennsylvania now you have to click into the bottom portion of that map to get all the different years from 18 something to 195, you know, to 1920, 1940, 1960, 1980. There's different report, different color flags for different times. So all of Pennsylvania, we've got sightings, you know, 700 sightings or whatever there are tagged that we've had experiences or reports from.
2: I was gonna, I was oh, gonna ask whole- that. I was gonna ask that. That's a lot. That's a lot of sightings for something that that you'd ask people, and they'd say, "Oh, it doesn't exist." <laughs> you
4: know oh yeah,
3: that's, that's just what, our group.
2: Yeah, you know
3: the BFRO has you know their own you know reportings from all over the country, and then there's seven or eight other ones that are regional in Oklahoma, in Ohio. I I flew out to Oklahoma for about a week and a half for a research out there with mary fabian and her sister. they drove out from pittsburgh area but um i flew out and spent the time on boots on the ground you know i found some interesting stuff i found a like a petrified toe print in a rock which is you know that was bizarre it wasn't like huge but it was toe prints in a rock you know i didn't didn't take it but i took a little video i took many pictures of it and i said i'm i'm gonna leave this there that that's interesting <laughs>
2: wow yeah but you know but unless you get out there and do the like you said the boots in the ground you don't find that sort of stuff you know
3: no you know? no no and that's that's a lot of it. People say, oh, you know, and people never find it. Well, I, I found some bones that I could not describe or couldn't find. But I think that it did belong to a large canine, actually. You know, after more research and finding out with the the heel bones or that looks totally different than anything I had ever seen, you know, what definitely wasn't a deer. So I think, you know, we're narrowing it down. But, but you know, you have to you have to make yeah. sure, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Get out there; you're never going to see them, and then they're just going to decompose, or animals will drag them off. You know? Yeah, that's
2: what happens. That's what happens out in the out in the uh, country, in the woods, and 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 stuff like that. People sitting on their couch, they don't really understand that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. Bigfoot most likely isn't going to walk up into your backyard, and knock on the back window. You know? No. Got to get, get out there and look. Now they do. I do have heard. <laughs> I've heard a lot of those cases, Pap,
3: but smack in the windows, yeah. <laughs> but on this particular skull that I or there was no skull or front, front um, you know, appendages to the bones that I found. Just the legs and the you know, torso, rib cage, and then it ended hmm. within a you know 35-40 foot radius. We circled a few times. You know, there's some dried leaves, it's hard to see, but I might take a leaf blower out there and check it out, you know. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, it's pe- it's people like you guys that are out there doing the investigation that I think will uh certainly um get us to a, to an answer at some point, you know. Um so I, you know, I above all, you know, I'm with all the other people that are Bigfoot enthusiasts. We appreciate you guys that are out there uh doing the real work. So, you, know, <laughs> you bet. Thank Keep it, keep it up. (laughs) Keep it
3: up. And if I get something more credible soon, I will uh, call you up.
2: (laughs) Listen, I'd love, I'd love, I'd love to hear about it and see any kind of evidence that you, uh, that you have too. So, but uh, I'll tell you what, Glenn, I appreciate you uh, spending some time with me and uh, sharing your experiences. I I, I know our uh, listeners are going to, are going to be fascinated by uh, some of these, events that you had and uh like i said i think the ufo stuff is I, that was just the cat c- catalyst that got everything going for you you know and, and it I, could have been I, I hope they are not coming back to find you to put something else in you uh,
4: because you
2: <laughs> keep taking take t- like we gotta punish that guy he keeps messing with our stuff that's yeah
3: that's you know <laughs> well, that'll so, be a good experience i think but <laughs> Yeah, right, and right. like I say, and anybody along the New Jersey Pennsylvania border that might have a sightings along those rivers, the Delaware or anything, give us a call or text us, message us on Facebook, because it's important to get the. I mean, time is an essence. If it's now or today or tomorrow, the quicker we get there, the quicker we can cast things or get the evidence and research the area, but we do it respectfully, so we don't go in. You know, with guns and everything blazing and nothing. You know, I don't bring a gun. I don't. I bring some bear spray just for other animals, but I wouldn't use it on Bigfoot. It wouldn't do anything.
2: <laughs> no, you just know. make it mad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the, It's like I, I we, believe, say, we say we it's like the scene from Blazing Saddles where Cleavon yeah. Little grabs the gun and Gene Wilder goes, what, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm going to go talk to Mongo. Oh, no, no, no. You're just going to make him mad. It's gonna you mad, yeah
3: don't,
2: don't take the gun. you're just gonna make it mad,
3: so oh, I mean i want if I saw Bigfoot and I'm probably one of the few, but I would sit down and stay calm, maybe bow my head and respectively not look him in the eyes Right? you know, try and wait for interaction.
2: That's an interesting um, approach, and you you're
3: probably and and of,
2: yeah, you're probably one of the few I've ever heard say that that's what they would do for sure
3: so yeah I mean in the moment it may be different but that's my goal <laughs> to just communicate with them on a whole nother level and help in any way I can really for their their well-being and you know families and everything else
2: mm-hmm. Well, I hope you. I hope you get a chance to uh, to try that for sure. That'd and
3: and let people know that there's hundreds of thousands of them. There's not just one in Northern California or Washington State. You know?
2: Yeah, I don't think that. I I don't think that's the case <laughs> at all case.
3: <laughs> some people are like really in this this area like yeah there's there's actually like 1400 sightings in Pennsylvania under one you know reporting area then there's you know Ohio there's so many others you know if you look at these maps in the whole country the northeast part of the country is covered. Yeah. You know, and then the south yeah. too, but then the north, you know, west is also, you know, California and New Mexico, Arizona. <laughs> Colorado is big for Bigfoot, you know, there's lots of lots of things there too. I lived in Durango for a year and I lived on one of the last streets in the town. It's <laughs> but I didn't have you know, that was a different phase. <laughs> that was before I moved here. <laughs> yeah, one year before.
2: Well, Glenn, I, um, like I said, I appreciate you coming and hanging out and sharing your experiences. And I hope that, uh, I, I hope out of this, some people get a hold of you guys and, and give you some new uh, investigations to, uh, to get out and uh, yeah, to check out. So, so, all right, well, we'll keep in touch and uh, thanks again.
3: And best of, like I say, hope your friend gets better and speedy recovery.
2: <laughs> all right, thanks.
6: All right, Talk to you later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The From the Shadows Podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs> <laughs>